Welcome to Why Gifts Matter from the Core Gift Institute, a series of conversations spanning helping professions, spiritual traditions, and community encouragers who believe that knowing your gifts and giving them is an essential part of living a full life and creating healthy communities. Find out more about us at www.coregift.org. Hi, I'm Bruce Anderson from the Core Gift Institute. In this episode of Why Gifts Matter, we're talking with Debbie Everly, who's the director of the Kenora Association for Community Living that provides supports for folks with disabilities and more recently for young First Nations uh, people in her community who are trying to find their way in the world. Kenora is a small town, a really small town on the edge of Ontario, on the edge of the edge, as people in Kenora like to say. So she's a thought leader amongst her peers, and she's working alongside her community now and other employees in her organization to try and take this idea of gifts and make it real and make it living within both their organization and their community. Um, in this interview, she's particularly interested in the idea of core gifts, the gifts that come out of life struggles. And her interest in this particular kind of gift is that she sees it as being useful to help people in her community heal from what she calls the brokenness, the heartbrokenness in her community. She identifies that heartbrokenness as coming from the devastating effects of the colonization and victimization of First Nation peoples um, in her area. So the history of, of the legacy of colonization and the legacy of Indian residential schools has meant that we have uh, our neighbors, the neighbors that surround us and the surrounding First Nation communities and our neighbors who live within the city of Kenora are dealing with a significant amount of pain and trauma. And, and so they're overrepresented in uh, negative stories in our community. And our community is really kind of struggling under the weight of that at the moment. All, all of us, um, we're all treaty people, so Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal are trying to figure out new ways to come together to figure out how we can live together differently. And so an Indigenous culture is really premised on the idea of gifts. In addition to her stories about the how-to and what she's doing to get the idea of gifts going, um, she's also really candid and courageous in her comments about what it's taken for her to live into her gifts and to learn more about her gifts and to have the courage to approach her community with the idea, even when, as she says, people look at her like she's bonkers. She believes that until the idea of gifts is fully integrated in their community, it's going to be hard for them to call themselves a real community. So let's start the interview. Well, good afternoon, Debbie. I'm so glad to talk to you. I've been waiting all week for this. I have to, at the beginning, um, share something with you that I haven't told you before. So I hadn't met you up until this last year, but I'd been traveling around in some of the same circles you travel in. And I'm always curious about who the innovators are and... and um, so when I would go to a conference or I would be working in an organization, I would say, who are the people in Ontario who are just a little out ahead? Who are the people taking risks and trying new things? And wherever I was uh, asking that question, 
your name always came up. Kenora always came up, and you came up specifically. So I was very anxious to meet you, and of course I found out that what I heard about you is absolutely true. So my first question is, what does it feel like to to hear someone say that, that Kenora and you are thought of as thought leaders? I find it a little bit surprising to hear that because I think that organizationally over the past 30 for the first 30 years of my career here for sure um, the, the the plan was that we would be under the radar a little bit because um, what we were doing was generally um, so unexpected and maybe looked at with suspicion that we my previous executive director found it easier to just be under the radar not be in anyone's attention not be in anyone's line of sight so that we could get things done without having honestly I think what he would consider interference by other people sort of asking questions. And we're, we're out here on the edge of Ontario, on the, um, on the edge of the edge, as we like to say. And uh, nobody really paid that much attention to us. It was kind of great. That goes with that community building idea that the trouble is always at the edges. It's never in the center. Things are going fine in the center until the people at the edges start mucking around in their business. Right. And... Uh, that's where all the wisdom is on the edges. That's where you got to go after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That space. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to um, come back around a little bit, and um, I have two questions I like to ask at the beginning of these. And the first one is, can you tell us a couple of gifts that are strong in you, and when you first notice them coming out? I think that my strongest gift is that I can help others connect with a wide open feeling that they have within themselves. That's a very, um, when I experience that core gift or when I know I'm living in it, I have this feeling of expansiveness and freedom and kind of a shimmer on my brain. That So it's a very, it's a physical sense of that. And I think that's what I um, can help others to, to feel and connect within themselves. So do you have an early memory of that coming out in you? So I remember even when I was teaching swimming lessons, it was never really about um, the stroke that I would be teaching. It would be about the feeling of, of being free and, and um, I, being in the water in a free way and playing games with them about imagining themselves underwater as a mermaid or a... Um, you know what I mean? I, I wasn't just about mm-hmm. teaching the stroke. I found that the technical side of that kind of boring. But to have them use their skills in a way that let them be in, be in the water in new and different ways, that's how I used to teach my lessons. So maybe that is as a relatively young person in a teaching role. Yeah, that's a perfect example. If you close your eyes and just be quiet for a moment... And you hear me say the word gifts. What are the first three words that come into your mind? Inevitable. Welcomed. And offering. Can you just say a few sentences about each of those, what that image means to you? The first one you said was inevitable. Mm-hmm. So I think of gifts as being, um, we're, we're graced with that at birth. They are in, inside us. They are, um, they inevitably are expressed. They're 
hopefully they're inevitably expressed. I think our purpose in life is to discover what those gifts are and bring them out. And I think there's some, um, there's some integrity in that inevitability. There's some truth about that. And the second one was welcoming. I think that, that our offering of gifts um, is what helps us be uh, welcomed in with other people, to be invited in that the gifts are what we give in order to find our place. So I, I think of gifts as being a, a, a generosity on our part, that they are, they are needed, and so it's generous if we're able to offer them to, to others. Mm -hmm. So generosity about gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So I want to talk about um, how I first heard of you, which was through the work of your organization. And I'd like to I'd like to ask you some questions and have you talk for a moment about why now, why in your organization, what has led you to the point where it's worth pretty significant uh, time and resources in your organization to pursue a more of an understanding about this idea of gifts and and uh, acculturate gifts into your organization why now what's the urgency so KACL was introduced to gifts um, years ago mainly through the I, I would say the the teacher that most resonated with us was the work of Peter Block and he talks about um, gifts, the gifts conversation as a way of um, building community, structuring community. And so we sort of we sort of had this idea of providing leadership to the community in a gifts conversation, to bring gifts on the margin to the center and to and to really explore that with people. But I don't think that we ever, understood it as, I think the gifts are always out there. I think we always said, well, the gifts of people who are marginalized, the people that we serve, it's their gifts that we need to acknowledge and celebrate and bring to the center without ever paying attention to our own gifts and the gifts of, of us within the organization, the gifts of the staff, the gifts of people who, who are in service. So that's, and the reason why that has become so resonant with us is because our community, we're heartbroken. We have a lot of difficulties in our community and I think that somewhere along the way we've recognized that it's because we weren't, we weren't getting the best of each of us, all of us, within KCL and without, and that that was about the gifts that we all had that there was something different, there was something missing. And when introduced to your idea of core gifts and the importance of it and how it applies equally to those serve those who serve and those who are, who are in receipt of the service, it just clicked perfectly that that was the piece that we were missing, that we weren't using our own gifts, we weren't looking for that within ourselves in order to rise above the heartbrokenness of our organization and to bring that idea to our community. 
So what's causing um, the heartbrokenness? I actually should have started this conversation with um, an acknowledgement that, that Kenora and KCL are on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe people of Treaty 3. And there is a, a sobering, terrible history of, of colonization in our community. And the impacts of colonization in Indian residential schools are showing up uh, in Kenora. And uh, many of the people that we serve are, uh, live with uh, multi-generational, intergenerational trauma. And that is an issue for us as an organization. The work that we're doing um, is dealing with the impact of that on a very significant community. So the history of, of the legacy of colonization and the legacy of Indian residential schools has meant that we have uh, our neighbors, the neighbors that surround us and the surrounding First Nation communities and our neighbors who live within the city of Kenora are dealing with a significant amount of pain and trauma. And, and so they're overrepresented in uh, negative stories in our community. And our community is really kind of struggling under the weight of that at the moment. All, all of us, um, we're all treaty people. So Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal are trying to figure out new ways to come together to figure out how we can live together differently. And so an Indigenous culture is really premised on the idea of gifts. And so how might gifts be useful in this community situation that you're describing? I think that the work of an organization like KCL is absolutely to help a community receive, accept the gifts of, of people on the margin and to understand that they have gifts that are needed as well. So I, I think that um, the work of an organization like ours is in um, creating a gift culture within our community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a gift path or a, or a place where, yeah, to talk about gifts with more confidence when we're out in community and talking about, you know, out, out of the heartbreak has come so many um, formal systems conversations about managing it as opposed to getting to the root of it, which is to create communities where people are welcomed and they're welcomed because there's an understanding that they have an offering that we all need. And so KCL tries to work in two prongs. One is to work with individuals to understand their gifts and to be able to offer them and in the community to be able to receive them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems to all have to work together that you, um, you want to bring out the gifts of people that you're helping move through their life and you want to bring out the gifts of the people working in your organization and then also bringing out the gifts of the other people in town that it seems like if you leave one of those groups out uh, trouble ensues in some way that is so right yeah that's why it's so daunting it seems like there's so much to do mm-hmm 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 what are you trying to figure out right now? You've figured out a lot, but I'm interested in what's what's challenging to you. If you could figure out two things related to gifts, 
that would make your community building just be, you know, ex um, exponentially more impactful? What are a couple things that you're trying to figure out? I think I'm trying to figure out how to be confident to have gift conversations in spaces where people look at you like you're bonkers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, who are my allies in that? And like, as I said, um, the language of gifts is really uh, uh, vivid in Indigenous communities. So I think there are probably natural allies there. Um, but it tends not to be the conversation that you can have easily at this point in time with other people in the formal social service system. And that has been KCL's history. When even the way we did understand people, which was, you know, in old language to work with strengths and not deficits and to work with dreams, desires and aspirations and not, not needs and support needs. Even when we had those conversations in the formal network, people dismissed us, like we didn't know what we were talking about. Then sort of, you know, mainstream moves to a strength-based uh, strength idea. They never really work in it, actually, but they do a lot of talking about it, in my experience. But it's not what they actually do. They always focus on needs. And so we used to go into conversation with other service providers and not be heard, not be listened to, dismissed. And that was part of the reason why we kind of said, we'll go underground a little bit and do it our own way and do our own thing and do right by people as we perceived it through focusing on something different other than deficits and needs. So now we've evolved in our thinking and I want to go into the community and talk about gifts and I don't think I can just say, well, if you don't get us, we'll just do it without you. I don't think I have that luxury anymore. I think I have to figure out where my allies are and how to be confident and how to have all of us who go into community spaces to have these conversations be confident about what we know is true, which is that we can't focus on problems. We, we're just going to, what we pay attention to grows. And so we have to pay attention to gifts because that's what, the, what we want to give life to. Not everything mm -hmm. that's about what's going wrong. Why, why do you think, Debbie, why do you think people would have such a desire to to stay in the in the language of needs and deficiencies and and would and would be so opposed to the idea of gifts i think it's it's awfully daunting to um to kind of accept that our work is to to figure out gifts and, and to personally in our own lives. I think it starts at some, some personal level fear. I think that it did for me. I know it did for me. There's that personal level fear of how much easier it is to stay somewhere else, not acknowledging the responsibility of bringing our gifts into the world. It's easier to sort of live in that place of, your, of not enough, not enoughness. And so if we're doing that personally ourselves, hiding out in not enoughness, then how can we possibly understand that it is what we're bringing to our work? We're setting up systems where people's not enoughness is what we can focus on because then we're all comfortable together, <laughs> I think. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and the resistance 
I think the resistance to gifts starts at the level of, of ourselves. And so that's why it's such a hard conversation to have in a service setting in a form, you know, with a whole bunch of people from a bunch of different organizations sitting at the table to start off with, let's have a conversation about how we're all feeling we are not enough and be brave yeah. enough to, to speak that to each other, to speak to each yeah. other's hearts about that and, and then step away, like, like gather strength from that to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, some of that too comes from not only the resistance around speaking your gifts, but, you know, you just scratch the surface of the idea of gifts and you, you run into this multicultural idea that, that, you know, that, that gifts in many cases spring from the struggle in our lives. And um, so now we're in a different kind of conversation. Now we're sharing stories about the struggles we've had. And it, to me, I find continually it challenges the traditional service system setup that the reason I can help you is I've got my life together and you certainly don't. And so when we exactly. start being honest with people and sharing those stories back and forth and, and, um, um, cause that's, to me, that's really the basis for love is being able to share those stories. I, Walter Brueggemann is a favorite, person of mine and and he I heard him say once at a meeting I was at that there's only two two kinds of stories there's stories of our gifts and stories of our hurts hmm. Hmm. exactly and I think that is just tremendously um, frightening for people you know Brene Brown says we lived in we live in uh, this age where we're the most addicted uh, that we've in a, in generations, and it's because of we're so afraid of our own vulnerabilities, but they're so important. They're so important to share them with each other, um, and to do that, that takes a tremendous amount of of courage and risk taking, and that's I think that's what stops us from coming together to, to have different types of conversations. I think that there's a, a longing to, um, you know, belonging is about uh, that, the idea that it, I think it's fundamental and it's about longing for being recognized. And I think that's the thing about the, your purpose, your core gift, the thing that you're meant to do. I think we are, I think we are so longing to be seen, to be truly seen, and to have a felt experience by being seen by others. That um, that I, I think it makes it a very powerful driver, a very powerful idea. This idea of gifts, hmm. because if we could, if we understand that that that's what we're doing by by acknowledging someone's gifts and being able to speak to our own gift, we're recognizing the hurt of not being seen. I think you call it the not belonging story. I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I see that as part of it, but I see that as not like, you know, I see you. I, I absolutely, you and I are, and because I see you, I'm here too. That idea, you know, it takes mm -hmm. two of us to truly, it takes two of us 
to be in, in a conversation about our gifts or in an exchange of our gifts, to, to really belong, to really to be okay, mm-hmm. maybe, to be okay. <laughs> mm. And I don't think that happens very often. I think we're all desperate for it in some, I think we're all desperate for it. <laughs> Not in some way, we just are. <laughs> <laughs> I see I certainly see that in the lives of those young people that we're supporting who, you know, they just they have they have not been seen for who they are. They're just seen as a skin sack of problems and needs that they're bringing to the community or to their agency or it's not the way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Need to be seen for who they really are. Well, I really like your approach of of realizing that you have to do it amongst yourself first. It just doesn't have any credibility, or it, it quickly becomes another service delivery tool, gifts, unless the people in the organization have invested in it and are talking about their gifts and know the impact and know how gifts can go sideways and not always turn out great, all of that stuff. So they build up kind of... Uh, um, a um, um, a lively confidence in their ability to speak about it, and 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 that I think that creates urgency for people out in the community then, because they're going to the community with energy and and hope around this idea. I think that idea of confidence is is really important. Um, I, I've been talking to my managers about how we step into community conversations confidently and not to be not to be afraid anymore that they're going to disrespect us, call us out, <laughs> make us feel incompetent in sight of others. Um, that we just need to we need to figure out how to be confident. And we have not figured that out yet. I have not figured that out yet. Uh, my management team hasn't. It's easier to retreat to the language of service. We're pretty confident in that language, but um, but to be confident in the language of gifts and the imperative of gifts, um, that's going to take some time. I think that's a that's a big thing that we're trying to figure out. That's great. I think you know one of the things that's often helpful around that, like you were talking about your primary or core gift of helping people create wide open spaces. If if you're entering a community conversation that you're nervous about and you re-embed yourself in this gift of, of bringing this idea of wide open spaces and imagination, and you speak from that place. You know, I've just watched people when they're really embedded in their gifts and they're speaking, I've watched their language change, the way they hold their physical body changes. Everything about a person changes when they're really connected um, to that, I had a person from Africa tell me that gifts are what connects the earth and the sky. Is there anything you, you, um, in thinking about uh, spending a little time doing this, is there anything that you uh, thought you wanted to talk about that you haven't had a chance to? I have been intrigued, and you touched on it a, a few times in this conversation, and it has been part of my kind of, you know, as I try to craft my my leader's vision statement around gifts. And as I think about um, trying to be impactful or influential in community conversations about gifts, um, 
if that idea of gift is that it is born out of the wounding or the, the difficult time, the suffering, um, I think that is, I think that's something that needs, and I don't know, I, I think that's something that needs to be figured out in my head. I need to figure that out. I think that um, if that's the unresolved part of you, that it it can show up in, in ways that are, because, you know, your gift isn't necessarily something you're good at or confident in. I think that if you haven't figured out that unresolved bit of the story, the part where the gift is arising out of, if you haven't figured that out, I think it can trip you up. And at the same time, I don't think the gift is some, like, you know, fodder for analysis or anything like that. But I think it needs to be explored with kind of a light touch so that you can be aware of that, the times when the gift, uh, when you're not skilled at using it. What I'm going to figure out, what I have to figure out is where does my gift, my offering of the gift or my ability to offer my gift, how does it get compromised out of the the wounding that that gift is arising out of that I haven't quite resolved yet. Mm -hmm. That's that's my place of inquiry at the moment. Hmm. Oh, God. Well, you should have that mopped up in no time. <laughs> right? I don't want it to be a therapy session. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, the thing about the thing about gifts. One of the beautiful things about it is you're you you get to hold both of those things at the same time. You get to hold the stories, you know, that we all have of difficulty, and then you get to hold your gifts, uh, which are these sources of beauty. And I think when you focus on one or the other too much, you get in trouble. Yeah. Um. So I think that when you talk yeah. about the light touch. Yeah. It's, it's it's being aware of those stories of difficulty, but being conscious at the very same time about how much opportunity that that's created for you to bring the beauty of your gifts into the world. And, um, and being aware that, you know, when you haven't had enough sleep or you're irritable or you're, you know, not coming from, not coming from your whole self that we tend to give our gifts out of that other shadow side. And um, I think that's probably been the most useful thing to me personally about the idea of gifts is getting more of an ability to catch myself when I'm using my gifts to get advantage over another person or to be the smart one or to to do something that gives me some kind of advantage in the world. And, um, you know, it's a it's a long, long recovery process uh, for me, <laughs> and I suspect everyone else uh, to catch themselves. Um, and uh, but that's part of the possibility in gifts is we just keep getting um, more and more whole the more we give our gifts. Yeah, that's the leap of faith that you have to make, right? Or that that you need to make to be able to. Make that offering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Uh, you have to know that that is that is the purpose. That's why, you know, you you talk that you talk to us about um, doing something and then asking yourself the why you're doing something. 
And so I've started to use that when I go into uh, these community meetings that I've been attending lately. And then the why you're doing it always comes back to that, the gift. And then I start, then I realize that I'm not confident in it. I, and I think that's about faith, the leap of faith somehow that it's, that it's, that gifts matter, even though I know they do. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying at all? Am I making any sense with that? Every bone in my body wants to say, I have no idea what you're talking about, but (laughs) of course that's not true. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about in my own story. Yeah. And it, 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 it makes you realize this, that we're asking communities to take leaps of faith and it kind of, it puts it in perspective. So to me, it says we have to start really small. You know, you've yeah. chosen to start within on an on an invitational basis with people in your organization who say, I'd like to know more about my gifts. I think if you start small like that, you have a chance. But if you try and railroad it through, um, it's just never going to work. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Okay, Debbie, we've come to the end of our time together. All good conversations must end. It's just, I've been uh, noticing my watch here the last 10 minutes and realizing we were um, coming to the end and I haven't wanted to end the conversation, so I've just uh, kept it going here. So uh, it's the sign of something useful. I'm sure people are going to be really pleased to listen uh, to what you have to say in your um, your fourth uh, your forthrightness and your honesty and the integrity that just shines out of you. So thanks so much for this conversation. Thanks, Bruce. You always make me work harder <laughs> and work the material. <laughs> Thank All you right. very much. Bye. All right. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To hear more podcasts, explore our gift library, or learn about our training opportunities, visit us at www.coregift.org.